You're listening to Voices of the Street, a podcast series brought to you by Megaphone Magazine, featuring original writing from the 2021 Voices of the Street Literary Anthology. This podcast is recorded on the traditional territories of the Coast Salish, Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Megaphone is changing the story on poverty by promoting social equity, amplifying marginalized voices, and creating meaningful work. You can purchase a copy of the anthology from your local Megaphone vendor. And for more information, visit megaphonemagazine.com. These stories may deal with difficult topics. Please see the show notes for more information about the topics in this podcast. There are places to reach out for support. For this episode of the Voices of the Street podcast, our host Yvonne Mark speaks to megaphone author Dennis Gates about his piece, Without Prejudice. Published in the 2021 Voices of the Street anthology, this work tells the story of Dennis's experience with incarceration and navigating the legal system as an Indigenous person. Okay, my name's Yvonne Mark, and I'm part of Megaphone, and it's been how I've started to grow in my dreams of write as a writer and uh, sharing circles and whatnot. It's given me a lot of confidence, and I'm totally looking forward to my first podcast and with Dennis, who I've just met this less than half an hour ago, so yeah. I'm very honored. Thank you. I'm honored. My name is Dennis Gates. I'm a Haida Gwaii native. If you have Kleenex, like, I might... I might Get a bit more. I don't care. Yeah, and we yeah. we learn in our culture when you have tears, you know, to have and then burn it or. But you know, I mean, not everyone's like that. But I'm just, I find emotion. You know, I'm not going to be crying all the way through. I'm just, it's very. I, this is, to me, I'm I'm honored to meet Dennis. That's such. I just love that piece. Yeah. I was born up in Haida Gwaii, by the way. Oh, we're both Haida Gwaii. I'm not. I'm not Haida. Oh, you're not. I'm. I'm Nishka Gitsan because my dad logged up there, so we, we wouldn't have to go to residential school. Oh, you got out of it. Yeah. 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 We were in Sandspit. We were in the town Sandspit. I know lots of people from Haida. Yeah, all of them are my cousins. <laughs> like I say at the end of the story, when I get back to the the jail, and I go in and I wash my face. I look in the mirror, and the first time in my life, I saw a red Indian look back at me. And uh, that, that's because my friend had identical charges, and uh, we had exact same records. And for his charge, he got two years less a day. Yeah. Right? And... Uh, the way it ran with me, um, I couldn't afford a lawyer, so MJ was hired to uh, do my talking for me. Yes. And uh, 
he set it up. He set it up pretty well. Uh, he watched. He watched me uh, squirm. He talked me out of not pleading guilty. Had I pled guilty, I'd have probably got two years, right? But uh, he talked me out of it. And then he went on and did some real shady things to make sure that I didn't get out, right? Which really upset me. And uh, I haven't been able to talk about it in 29, 30 years because no matter how far this country's gone, we're the same place we were 100 years ago before the white man came, right? Yes. Just by reading your story, I see so much injustice, uh, the uh, stereotype, and I completely, completely relate to how you felt. Like, I'm a writer myself. I write short stories. I'm 66. I've written all my life, but I had the self-esteem of a slug when I when I sobered up in, in 2005. I, I felt lower than a snake's belly. I, You know, and... and I'll, anytime anyone would ask me what I was doing, like, I remember, oh, it's just my poetry. It's just, it's just, I couldn't, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to have self-confidence. And, and you shared about the mirror, you know. I could, I was invisible in the mirror. I was ugly. I felt ugly, low life, messed up mother. I failed as a mother. I failed as a daughter. I failed as a sister, and this isn't on your topic, but I, I watched a semi run over my son Wayne in 1988. I was on the brink of suicide and it took me down into the drugs and alcohol, but I've been on the streets here since I was 16, so 50 years in the downtown east side, and, and it is a miracle that I lived through it. Calls me, it, it just gets right on my my nerves because I, I was treated like I walked in and uh, I was sentenced to ten years, and uh, I walked in and I appealed it like the sheriff told me to. I had some uh, pretty good people on my side and a real good uh, lawyer that had decided to represent me. So uh, it was a great thing. Uh, and uh, he won five years back out of that 10-year sentence. So I was released. Conditions were so strict. I had to participate. I, I, I had no freedom. And it took me all but three weeks, and I was pushed right back into the system because I couldn't handle it out here. I, I mean, even four years is a hard time. Yeah. And uh, it was a rough go. I want, I would like all the Aboriginals and Natives to hear me is don't give up. I totally admire your courage to share this, you know, like I feel the emotions, I feel, you know, and I, 
I've heard a lot about these halfway houses, but as I feel that the, our stories, it doesn't matter whether it's incarceration or child apprehension or whatever, need to be heard and, and justice has to be. You know, there's gotta be justice. You know, what about our lives? That's what I, that's, that's my question. You're not going to find justice Yes, here. I You're know. not going to find it. Real good to get, to get that off my chest. Uh, the actual story is 17 pages. And uh, it's filled with a lot of stuff in it, right? Uh, there's some pretty funny stuff. and There's some pretty scary stuff, right? Uh, it was a real relief to write it down and to examine it myself and to recall everything on it. It, it got me motivated. It's got me going, now I'm, I'm doing my best to stay sober. And Not succeeding very well, but I'm doing my best. I'm on my I'm on my way to writing a book now, um, a novel, and uh, thanks to Megaphone, they gave me the strength to uh, look at myself and, and the reality of everything. Right when I sat down and wrote that piece. I had a whole, a whole lot of trouble writing. Excuse me, I, I do get emotional. I feel stories like this have to be told because most people think we're just crying the blues and blah, 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 which is all talk, uh, exaggerated, poor me. Uh, you know, it's, and we're always, there's just that, that label. There's always, you know, we've always got that, that label on us. And, and I think it's just wonderful to, to, for both of us to, to have that, that courage. Courage is the key word, to, the courage to change, to, to change, to, to believe in ourselves and say, yes, here's my story and, and I will. If one person can learn from this story, I'll tell it a million times. Yeah. Lord, Lord turned to Solomon and said, Solomon, I want you to change the world. And Solomon looked up at the heavens and he said, Lord, the world is such a vast place and I'm just one man. How do I change the world? And in all his vast wisdom and knowledge, the Lord looked back at him and said, don't worry about the world, change yourself. This series was produced with support from the City of Vancouver, BC Arts Council, SFU's Community Engagement Initiative, and SFU's Van City Office of Community Engagement. This podcast was developed through a mentorship program led by Helena Krobath. Special thanks to the storytellers and the voices of the street writers, the supporting mentors, and the audio production team. Please see the show notes for more information about the topics in this podcast. 
There are places to reach out for support. Our theme song was created by John Brennan with extra music and sound effects by John Brennan and Helena Crobath. Sound engineering, editing, mixing, and mastering by Paige Smith, Virella Pinios, and Kathy Feng. On behalf of the participants of the Megaphone Podcasting Pilot Project, I would like to give thanks to our executive director, Julia Aoki, both the board of directors and all the hardworking vendors out there keeping our organization alive. Thank you. Thank you.